Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. I'm excited to, uh, to preach this message to you this morning because I just love to preach. I love to declare God's word because this is what I am created to do. I'm created to, to declare the good news of the gospel. And I want to talk to you about shepherds. The Bible, throughout the Bible, you see the concept and the idea of shepherds. Shepherds were keeper, keepers of sheep. And the primary occupation of the Israelites in the early days of the patriarchs, I'm telling you what a shepherd is. Sheep were domesticated in the ancient Middle East or the Near East over 7,000 years before Christ. And sheep were also mentioned more than any other livestock in the Bible. When you think about an animal that's exemplified, spoken about, and declared throughout the Bible, the sheep is spoken about more than anyone else. Uh, It indicated the economic importance as a source of food, wool, and hide. Many of the clothings and the, the coats when it was snowing and it was cold would be made out of sheep's wool. Even the blankets would be made out of the sheep's wool. Uh, The primary responsibility of the shepherd was leading and protecting their flock. Sheep need a shepherd. Can I get amen? Amen. Amen. And the occupation naturally lent itself as a symbol for those who were in leadership in the nation of Israel as well as a symbol of God himself. So we're going to talk about the shepherd's heart. God is our shepherd. Psalm 23 is one of my favorite psalms. God is our shepherd. But I also want you to know that we and our families and households are also called to be shepherds. Fathers, you are supposed to be the shepherds of your household and your families. Mothers, you are supposed to be the shepherds of your children. Your children are your sheep, and they run around and follow you and all of the fun stuff. You you parents are so good. I see you giving carrots and celery sticks to your sheep. You know, I, you know the sheep that I was, I was one of those uh, Skittle and Starburst eating sheep, so I didn't, you know, I don't know how that would have gone over. But, you know, mothers, you are, you are shepherds to your children, even business owners. You are a shepherd to your employees. Pastors are shepherds to the congregation and the flock. So the idea of shepherd is not just limited to a certain demographic. It's in anyone who is in a position of leadership and oversight to serve and to protect anyone else. You are a shepherd. And I want to give you five attributes to being a shepherd in your household, in your family, in your business, in the church, in society, in community, in your neighborhoods, you are to be a shepherd. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to be a good shepherd. The reason why he wants you to be a good shepherd is because he was a good shepherd and Jesus exemplified what being a shepherd to the sheep was. David exemplified what being a shepherd to his father's sheep and flock and even to the nation of Israel when he served as their king. And also, uh, we are to be shepherd to the people God's entrusted to us. So let me give you these five points about being a shepherd or the attributes of the shepherd. Number one, 
Shepherds provide guidance for the people of God or those they are called to oversee. Shepherds provide guidance to those they are called to oversee. If you are a father, you're supposed to provide guidance for your household. If you're a mother, you're supposed to provide guidance to your children. It is not for them to figure it out. It's for you to provide a biblical template for them. And then within that, they learn and they grow because they have structures of growth. Shepherds, they do graze, but when they graze, they usually graze within parameters because they want to have protection and safety for their sheep and the ability to watch out and make sure that no predatory animals are coming into their territory. Amen? Your household is a place that you are supposed to shepherd and protect your flock. Numbers 27, 16 to 17 says this. It says, may the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community. He's talking about the nation of Israel. He said to go out and to come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. God wanted them to understand that sheep were meant to have a shepherd just as God was the shepherd over the nation and Moses was the shepherd over Israel. So sheep are meant to have shepherds because shepherds are points of protection. Without a shepherd, sheep become vulnerable. Look at your neighbor and say, there's vulnerabilities. And they're put in grave danger, but this is why the shepherd is important. In the parable of the 99 sheep and the one lost sheep, the Bible says that there were 100 sheep and one sheep went astray. And it said that the good shepherd left the 99 sheep that were protected in the safety, and he went after the one. Why? Because a shepherd is always pursuing the sheep to make sure that they are safe. Amen? Number two, shepherds protect the people of God from harm and danger. 1 Samuel 17, 34 and 35 says this, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, he said, I went after it, I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, I struck it, and I killed it. Shepherds are protection for the people of God, and shepherds are also protection for those they're called to oversee. I love this story because David is a teenager taking care of his father's sheep, but in this place, when he saw a lion, he did not run away from the lion. He actually ran towards the lion. Why? Because he recognized that one of his sheep was in danger, and he was not going to go back to his father and give a report until he had that sheep sheep safely in his hand, and that lion had been slain. Amen. Amen? This society is like a roaring lion telling your kids everything that they should be outside of the house of God. But families, husbands, wives, parents, I want to tell you, grandparents, I want you to be the shepherds that declare over the sheep in your family who God has said they are to be. Amen? 
It doesn't matter what they're doing. Don't tell them what they're doing. Tell them who they're supposed to be. They may be out there strung out and doing things they're not supposed to. And every time you see them, just begin to prophesy their destiny. They may come in smelling dirty, needing something to eat, but you need to look them in the eyeball and say, you know you're a man of God, right? You know that you're a woman of God, right? You know you're a woman of virtue. Yeah, I smell like drugs. That's okay. You are still called by God, and God has not changed his mind about you just because you're deciding to be a sheep that is strayed away from the flock. Oh, yeah, I, I like to mess with people. Look at your neighbor. Say, Pastor, like to mess with people. I'll look somebody on the streets in the eyeball and I'll start prophesying and telling them their destiny. I don't care if you got holes, rags in your pants. I'm going to tell you who God has said you are, not your situation. See, we need to start learning how to stop looking at the situation and start telling them what God has said about them. Amen? Come on, David could have said, oh, man, a little sheep, you're in trouble because a lion, you're in the lion's mouth and he's about to devour you. That's not what David did. He says, no, I'm going to go and treat you the way that you're supposed to be treated, which is safe and out of the mouth of lion. And I'm going to speak life to your situation. I'm not going to speak what the situation looks like. The Bible says, speak those things that's not as though they're what? As though they were. We need to start putting life in our mouth and stop speaking death just because we may see death around us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We were in Kenya a couple of years ago, and we were, we were going to the safari. We had gone out. We, we preached pastors' conferences, and then we did the uh, ministry in the villages. And we were on our last two days, and finally they said, we're going to the safari. One of my bucket lists was to see a real lion in the safari. That was my but For you, you may be scared. I wanted to see a real lion. I don't know why I wanted to see a real lion. I just wanted to see a real lion. And when I saw one, I realized why the Bible calls Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah. That lion was the most awesome creature I had ever seen in my life. I remember seeing that lion. It was in the bush. We drove up in the bush, and the lion was in the bush, and he raised his head. And in that moment, I said, you know what? I don't want to mess with him. <laughs> Whatever he got going on, I'm going to leave that alone because my ability to live is determined by what he decides right now in this moment. Right? So as we were traveling to the safari, one of the sheep, there were a bunch of sheep on the ridge and the shepherd was on the ridge and he was walking, he had his little walking stick, the rod and the, you know, uh, my rod and my staff company. So he had this rod in his hand. And I remember one of the sheep jumping off of the ridge and coming into the middle of the dirt road we were traveling. And our vehicle was doing 50 miles an hour up this road, this land cruiser. And I thought, this sheep is so dead right now. This dude is about to be like roadkill. And all of a sudden, I saw the shepherd jump off the ridge, leave the rest of the sheep, and jump in front of our vehicle. Now, economically, the sheep on value were worth about 40 U.S. dollars. There is nothing that's worth $40 that I'm going to jump in front of a 50-mile-an-hour vehicle for and potentially die to save it. 
But what God was trying to help me to see is this is the heart of a shepherd. It was not about the financial value of the sheep. It was that the sheep was the responsibility of the shepherd, and the shepherd does whatever it takes to protect the sheep, just like David was willing to fight the lion to bring the sheep back home. And when we do our fasting and prayer in January, we're going to go and fight some lions and snatch some lost sheep, some lost loved ones, some lost family members, some lost neighbors and co-workers out of the mouth of the devil and say, you belong to God and the devil cannot keep you. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Number three, shepherds provide for the people of God and those who are under their care so that they can thrive. Shepherds provide for the people of God so that they can thrive under their care and protection. Psalm 23, 1 through 6 says this. this is my favorite psalm. I love it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing or I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in the right path for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort or they protect me. Come on, when you need comfort, in a dark place, the good shepherd knows how to show up and bring you comfort in a dark place. He knows how to bring you comfort when you feel like you're in danger and things aren't going the way that you hope them to go. The good shepherd is able to provide comfort. You need to understand that the shepherd never abandons his post, but he stands strong in his responsibility to make sure that the sheep are thriving under his care. He said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love of goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As long as the sheep were under the shepherd's care, they thrive. The greatest thing that you need to learn ending 2023 and moving into 2024 is how do you stay under the protection of the good shepherd and then take on his attributes and become that? for somebody else. Amen? Because the good shepherd will always make sure that his sheep come home to the Father. Can I get an amen? amen? Come on, Jesus is responsible for us as his sheep, and he always makes sure that we're coming back home so he can present us to his heavenly Father, just as David always presented his sheep back to his father, Jesse, because that was the shepherd's duty and responsibility. Amen? That's the God that you serve. That's the God that you serve. Stop letting the devil tell you that God does not care for you. The reason why Psalm 23 was so significant, because at this point in David's life, the highest revelation of God that he had was the shepherd, and he understood the role and responsibility. So he, he metaphorically painted God as the good shepherd to show what happens when the good shepherd is doing what the shepherd does. The sheep thrive under the shepherd's care, and if if 
our heavenly father is a good shepherd and if Jesus is the good shepherd and we are his sheep, he will always protect us, watch out for us and love us even when we go astray. He said, I will get you and bring you back home. So when you understand that he is a good shepherd, when you understand that he loves you, he cares for you, and he wants to protect you, then hopefully it will help you to not go astray and disregard him when he is trying to show you his love because of his great value for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, if Adam and Eve had the revelation of the good shepherd, they wouldn't have ran in the garden after they had sinned. See, they ran because they thought God was coming to punish and they felt ashamed. But if they understood that he was a good shepherd, he would have brought restoration. Instead of him being able to bring restoration, they started lying, blaming each other, pointing the finger. It was the snake. It was the woman. It was his fault. It was her fault. Instead of doing that, they should have said, Lord, we messed up. We did what we were not supposed to do. Forgive us and help us to line up with your purposes for our lives. Restoration is simple. It's hard to get us to do our part to allow restoration to happen. Ooh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. There are things in your life that God wants to fix. You just got to get out of the way and allow him to fix it. I'm talking to somebody right now. You need to get out of the way and allow him to fix it. It's so amazing when I've dealt with my little cousins and my, my nephew and my niece when they would break their toys when they were little, really small. It amazed me how they would never give up the toy so that I could fix it for them. See, they had the ability to break it, but they didn't have the wisdom and the wherewithal to fix it. But if they had just surrendered that thing to me, I could have fixed it for them so that they can continue to play and enjoy the toy. But sometimes they're trying to hold on to what they messed up, and they only prolong the process. Whereas if they would surrender quickly humility and let the thing go and put it in the hands of someone who is capable, then God could restore. And I really feel to tell you this, year that you need to put some things into the hands of God because God has been waiting to restore them, but he doesn't want to snatch it out of your hand if you don't want to let it go. But if you would, you would politely surrender it to him, he would fix what you cannot fix and he will repair what has been broken for way too long. Hmm. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, we serve a good shepherd. <laughs> Number four, shepherds are willing to lay down their lives for the safety and well-being of the people they serve. I had sheep and I changed the people. I should have left it as sheep the whole time, but praise the Lord. For the sheep that they serve and lead, John 10, 11 through 15 says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said the good shepherd, he's giving you the definition and the description of what a good shepherd does. He says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hen is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatter it. A hired hen runs when things get difficult. A hired hen runs when things get hard. 
I'm about to, ooh, Jesus. Y'all, listen, y'all might kick me out of the church after I make this statement. If you have your family and you run just because things get hard, you have acted like a wolf and not a shepherd. If you run when things get hard, you're acting like a wolf and not a shepherd. When the wolf shows up, the shepherd, the hired hen runs when they see the wolf. The hired hen runs when they see the wolf, but the shepherd says, no, I will stay and I will protect and I will guard and I will keep. I will sustain and do whatever it takes to make sure that my sheep are okay. A lot of things that's happening in the families because people are running just because things get hard. He never promised things wouldn't be hard, but he promised he would be with us in the hard things. It's time to say, God, help us in whatever we're going through, and God will give us the grace to walk our families through the hard things, and we will stop acting like hired hens and begin acting like the good shepherds he's called us to be. Can I get a yes and amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 13, or verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as the father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Amen. Come on. A real warrior, a real man, a woman of God says, I lay down my life for the sheep. I know whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it to make sure that my sheep are protected. Hallelujah. Number five and the final point. And shepherds oversee and care for the people of God are the sheep with integrity and sincere concern. First Peter 5, 1 through 4 says this, to the elders among you, he's speaking to the leaders of the church. This literally is towards the church now. He said, I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's suffering who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Let me just sneak a preach real quick. He was saying that in the suffering, there is a glory that will be revealed when you go through difficult things. On the other side of the suffering, God will reveal and make his glory known to you. Amen. Amen. Some of you are walking through some stuff right now and it makes no sense to you. and You don't understand why God's letting you go through it. But there's something in you that God is building and developing and cultivating that if you can just hang on, stay steady, he's going to reveal his glory in that situation. And he's also going to reveal his glory personally in your life if you will not quit and give up just because you're suffering a little bit. Amen. You are going through a little bit of discomfort, but it is not killing you. It's just really uncomfortable. You need to settle down, chill out, take a sip of your, uh, your uh, peppermint mocha, and then relax and then let God process you as you are going through whatever it is you're going through because he desires to reveal his glory in your life. Yes. Amen? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 2, he says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing. Amen? See, you have to get to a place where you would do it no matter what, what benefits you would or wouldn't get out of it. Come on now. I'm not going to mess with you anymore on that. 
As, yeah, I'm stepping on those toes today, praise God. As God wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. The highest level of being a shepherd is being a servant. Amen? The shepherd is not looking at how much wool, how much meat, how much benefit I can get from the sheep. The shepherd is saying, how can I serve the sheep? Because the healthy, the health of the sheep is determined by the diligence of the shepherd. The health of the sheep is determined by the diligence of the shepherd. Pastor John, why do you say that? Because a good shepherd will lead them to grasses that feed them healthy. A good shepherd will remove the ticks, the parasites, and the bugs from them and remove the possibility of infection. The good shepherd will make sure that the wolves and the lions stay away. The health of the, health of the sheep is determined by the shepherd because a good shepherd will make sure that the sheep are healthy are in constantly in an environment where they are safe and they can grow and they can thrive and not be under constant danger. But let me bring it to the next level. So who incurs most of the danger? The shepherd does. The shepherd's the one battling the wolves and the lions. The shepherd's the one dealing with the, the parasites and the ticks and the things that bring infection. The shepherd is constantly dealing with the danger so that the sheep can have safety. But that's okay. Because the sheep should know that the shepherd is doing their job so that they are safe. If you grew up in an unsafe environment, maybe it was because someone wasn't doing what they were supposed to. But if you grew up in a safe place, you didn't think twice about your safety. Why? Because someone was taking the danger on themselves so that you could personally experience safety. When we used to go out to preach during Mardi Gras in the French Quarter, we always brought our people back home. I don't care how dangerous it was, we were never leaving those streets until everyone that we brought out was coming back home safe and without harm or danger. And if it took for me and my wife to lay down our lives for the protection of the people that God had entrusted us, so be it. And I'm not just saying that theoretically, I mean that literally, amen? Because I don't personally feel like I could have stood before God and said, Lord, they pulled out a gun, and I, you know, I, I don't do guns, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord. Your sheep, some of your sheep didn't make it back, Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, no, we, whatever we got to do. I remember a quick story, and I probably shouldn't tell this. <laughs> But this was during Mardi Gras, and we were in the Wendy's on Canal Street, and the fight broke out, and there were th tens of thousands of people everywhere. And one of our girls jumped out in the middle of that fight, and I saw her. I ran down those stairs, and I snatched her behind out of the middle of that thing because all I could think is, girl, you're about to get shot in somebody else's fight that has nothing to do with us. But the reason why I put myself in danger was because one of my sheep was in danger. Her problem had become my problem. Her danger had become my danger. But you know what? I was anointed and equipped to deal with the problem. See, because if you're a real shepherd, fathers, mothers, pastors, leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, if you're a real shepherd, you have already been anointed to deal with problems before you knew a problem has arisen. A 
and you don't step into that situation with fear. You step in knowing that my anointing is going to overtake the issue that I'm confronting and everybody is coming out of that situation. Amen? This is the character and the spirit of a good shepherd. Verse 4, and when the chief shepherd, Jesus, appears, you will receive the, the crown of glory that will never fade away. Do you know you get a reward in heaven for being a shepherd? You literally get a crown. Jesus is going to come to you and put a crown on your head, and it might even have a little sheep logo on it. <laughs> But you're literally going to get a crown for being a shepherd because that's the reward of the shepherd serving and doing what they are called and anointed to do. The Egyptians looked down on the Israelis, the Israelites, because they were shepherds. But little did they know that that was an attribute of the nature of God being a good shepherd because a good shepherd always protects, covers, and takes care of their sheep. And I desire to be a good shepherd. I pray that you would desire to be a good shepherd. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor John? Yes, ma'am. Can I speak to something quickly? Yeah, come on. Pastor John made a powerful statement, and I'm sitting there, and I'm Holy Ghost. He said, some of you, he said at one point, some of you guys didn't have good shepherds, and that's why you went through some things. Yeah. He goes, and some of you guys had great shepherds, and you understand to live in a healthy church, in a, a, in a healthy household. household. Mm -hmm. And God just says, it's time to forgive those unhealthy shepherds. Yeah. It's time to say, Lord, I surrender this. I forgive. Mm -hmm. Because if we stay, and when we don't forgive, then we stay bound. Mm. We stay bound. And then guess what? Then we pass that on to the next generation. So if you have experienced in your lifetime as a child, as a teenager, or in your life somewhere, some shepherds that weren't so kind to you, they neglected you, they didn't take care of you as they should. This is the moment also to give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I release them into your hands. Mm -hmm. And most of those people are the closest people to us that hurt us our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents, those that love us, those that didn't even know how to love us, those that tried the best they could, but they, didn't, they were in love. They didn't have good shepherds in their lives, and they just continued the situation. They just repeated this behavior. But I hear the Lord say, he wants to heal you. Yes. And he wants to free you of it. But you must be willing to give it to him. You must be able to say, Lord, I don't understand, and I don't ha have to understand, but in this moment in time, I release that because I don't want to repeat that same behavior. Because guess what? The things that you don't deal with, you will repeat. The things that I don't deal with, I will repeat. Those things that God has given this opportunity at this very time and moment, if you walk out of here and you don't deal with it, you will repeat it. It doesn't leave us. So God is just saying, he's giving an invitation to say, Lord... You know your household. You know exactly what that looked like. You know the abandonment, the neglect, the feelings of not being loved. Maybe you had everything you needed. You had all the provision. You had clothes on your back, but you don't even know what it is for your mom or your dad or your auntie to tell you, I love you. 
whatever it is in this moment, can we just close our eyes for this moment? And just for those, this is personal right now. This is you and the Lord. And I just feel to just pray over you and just ask the Lord right now in your own words as, I, as I'm praying over you that you would release this to the Lord because trauma is very real and it will continue if you do not choose to surrender it to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Thank you. this very moment, Father, you see those shepherds that were in our life that didn't take care of us. They left the home. They neglected the home because it got too difficult. They spoke so terrible to us that their words resound in our ear as failure, as stupid, as not worthy, as you can't do anything right when we made mistakes as little children possibly. Father, you know across this entire room and those that are watching online, the struggles that Lord, we may deal with as adults because we didn't have healthy shepherds in our home. And Lord, at this moment, give us the courage, including myself, come on, give us the courage to surrender them. Give us the courage, Father. No one gets a pass, God. People, it's not about that, Lord. It's about surrendering. It's about us being free. It's about us doing better for the next generation for our children and our children's children and our grandchildren. Father, give us the courage, give us the willingness not to hold on to it. It's the trick of the enemy. It's the bait of Satan to hold on to what you have experienced. Well, they hurt me and they did this to me, but God has come to set you free. Yes. And God has come to heal you. And God has come to remove the pain and God has come to give you beauty for ashes. And God has come to turn it around for your good. All that happened, he will turn it around for your good. For those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So Lord, we surrender the pain. We surrender the hurt. We surrender the disappointment. We surrender these pastors, these Father God, pastors, leaders, shepherds, bosses, Father God. Lord, whoever they are, parents. We surrender them in the name of Jesus. Take the pain. Take it, Lord. All across this room, give it to him right now. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on your people. Exchange this beauty for ashes. Take their ashes, Lord. Tell them, take my ashes, take my ashes. Literally tell them, take my ashes, take my ashes, take the pain, take the disappointment, take it, take it. Hallelujah. Set your people free. That we may be able to be healthy shepherds. That we may be able to love that we may not be able, that we may be able to love freely and not leak all over the place yeah. and have an attitude all the time because we're hurting. Hurt people hurt people. But Father, in the name of Jesus, as my brother said, set us free in this place today. Hallelujah. That we don't have to repeat what was done to us, Lord. Show us a better way. That if we need help, God, we would go seek help. There's no shame in that. That's right. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In this place right now, 
If there's someone that needs to give their heart to Jesus Christ, I want to pray for you. You came into God's house, and there's no way that you should leave without experiencing his goodness. And the greatest goodness that you can experience if you're not relationship with him is salvation. He died on the cross for your sins so that you might be forgiven. You may have come here with baggage, issues, hang-ups, guilt, shame, condemnation. You dropped the ball, you messed up. Well, let me tell you a secret. He is fully aware of all of that. And yet he still embraces you, forgives you, and he wants to receive you as his own. You are not shocking him when you confess your sins. You're only acknowledging what he already knows. Mm. You're only acknowledging what he already knows. And once you acknowledge it and you bring it to his feet and you lay it there, what he's going to give you in exchange is forgiveness, mercy, love, freedom, healing, restoration. He wants to take the baggage, but he's going to give you something to replace it that you can walk out of this place living and feeling like a free man, free woman, free teenager. Amen. So as I close this service, anyone in this room, you say, I need to surrender my heart to Christ. Just raise your hand for me. I want to pray with you and believe the Lord to do a miracle. Thank you. Anybody else, you need to surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Please, thank you, my brother. Where you're at, just if you don't mind, just stand up where you're at. And I want to just bless you and pray for you. It's okay. Just, take, just stand up. I'm just going to pray for you where you're at. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Altar team, you can bring them. Amen. Those who stood up and, and everyone, just stand up. We're going to stand together and we're going to pray. This is the prayer we're going to pray. And just pray this along with me. I want you to say this. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you for your mercy in my life. Thank you for forgiving me, taking away my guilt, shame, problems and mess ups and giving me freedom healing salvation and deliverance i receive your love i receive your forgiveness i receive your healing i believe jesus that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day and i am saved i'm committed to you in jesus name amen Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. For those who stood for salvation, we have a book for you. Please just let one of our ministers come and they can bring you a book if you stood. Um, and we want to give that to you before you leave. For the rest of you, I want to bless you and pray for you as we dismiss the service. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray, Lord, your blessing over the people of God. Lord, I thank you that Harvest Church is blessed in the city, and they are blessed in the field. They are blessed in their going out and blessed in their coming in. I pray for the power and the presence of Jesus Christ to be resting upon them, Lord God. I thank you that enemies may come in one direction, but they have to flee and say, 
seven different directions, oh God. I thank you that the people of Harvest, they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are the lenders and not the borrowers, Lord God. Your blessings rest upon this house, Lord God, and you are shining on Harvest Church and the people of Harvest Church with the light of your continents. You've given us favor and blessings. So I pray that your spirit would rest upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless your people and let them be encouraged and strengthened today. In Jesus' precious, powerful, and mighty name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.